Hey everyone, welcome to episode 104 of You Heard It Here Second. New episodes are released every week on DerekAndSteve.com and on iTunes as well. So just search for Derek and Steve or You Heard It Here Second and make sure to subscribe today. I was filled with awe. Everything I saw was awesome. It was awesome. That's, awesome. Re- that's really, that word's been cheapened so, so badly over history. Awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Derek and Steve present... It's all Sorry, about Dolores. The whole trailer is Dolores. Dolores okay. this, Dolores that. Dolores this, Dolores that. It should all be samurai this, samurai that, samurai this, samurai that. <laughs> Dolores, one second here. Dolores, yeah. maybe, killed by samurai. Yeah. Like, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Like, like, I'll use air quotes with that, with that's fine. Like, that's not egregious. Like, if you kiss a guy on the neck. It's just a total scumbag, or as Mikey Piper would say, our, our ref, in-house referee, total rat. Total rat. You heard it here second. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode number 104 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, what is going on? You know what's going on, Derek? What? I am in full recovery mode. Full recovery mode is right. Uh, We are at the age where we do get two-day hangovers. Yeah. Um, I was certainly still hungover from reunion this week, um, and I am in pain. (laughs) I am a little nauseous, very anxious. Um, Yeah. Yeah, just overall uncomfort from this side of the room. Yeah. How are you feeling? You know, I feel okay, actually. Um, I I had like the shakes this morning. So I didn't have as bad of a uh, recovery Monday as I have had some other weekends. Um, mainly the physical part. I didn't feel physically any – I didn't really feel very tired or very um, kind of – two-day hangovery. Uh, the anxiousness is still kind of always there when you have like a weekend that kind of like out of your norm, I guess, like from weekend to weekend, like that's a big one. Like yeah. that's the one that, um, there's a lot of build up to it. Uh, for those of you who obviously haven't picked up on it, it's the BC reunion. We hyped up, Steve mentioned it. Um, we had been talking about it for quite a while. Um, and it lived up to expectations, I think, but we, it we, does lead to a Monday that is less than your ideal Monday. We reunited <laughs> hard. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? What do you think of be- that's our opening drive? Well, well I just, guess yeah. That's not the opening drive. That's the BC update. Right, that's the BC update. Well, do we have an this? opening drive? Uh, our opening drive is welcome even... back. Welcome We've back. Been gone yes. for a couple weeks. Yep. Um, it's a busy part of our year. I've been it traveling. Is. You've been traveling. Yep. Uh, Derek has officially moved out of our apartment. I know. I'm so visiting. I'm now visiting Steve and Rob. He's now to... in my studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we travel all the way from his studio yeah. to my studio. Yep. Um. Isn't that funny? We both have studios. Yeah. You have a studio apartment. I have a studio in my apartment. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I had a studio in my apartment, and now I just have a studio. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I kind of downgraded. I but. still only have a studio in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good point. Good point. Um. So. So there is really nothing to talk about in the yeah, opening. Yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. I, I just say remember. we move it on to the first uh, segment, which is everybody's favorite. Of course. The BC update. Got another dude. Better than this. Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy. Bronco Nagurski Award. Ultimate dudes. Got another dude! O-line you, bunch of dudes. Alright, so there is Steve Adazio giving you the BC update <laughs> intro. Uh one, one little side note on that, because uh, I didn't even think of this until I just heard that intro, but uh, it's a little side note bringing us into the reunion topic. On our Uber, on the way to reunion on Friday, our Uber driver, through conversation, learned that we were going to our BC reunion, and he and he, he started going like, oh, like, how about BC football, man? And then like, so, and, and he was, he was kind of like, 
I thought he was going to be like kind of more recent talk. And he's like, yeah. and then he ended up following on the conversation. He's like, what happened, man? Like they used to make a bowl every year. They had that bowl streak. And I'm like, uh, that ended like a long time ago. Yeah. That, that's not really very that recent. Like six years well, I ago. thought you were going to talk about us maybe being back on the up after being terrible. But uh, he's still kind of late to the punch and was like, yeah, they used to be great. And now they're kind of they're kind of terrible. So four, four stars. Yeah. Four, four stars, stars. Four stars. Um, Ru- ruin but, his, so, uh, uh, his career with a four star. <laughs> But so, Steven Azio is a topic for another day. BC uh, Reunion is a topic for this BC update. So, in a little more detail, what were your thoughts on Reunion Weekend? I'm still collecting my thoughts. Yeah. I'm still collecting my thoughts on Reunion. Um, there were some very high highs and some very low lows. Well, not very low lows, but I, I, I will say seeing everybody was obviously amazing. And we got yeah. some very funny, positive feedback on the podcast, <laughs> we did. actually. We did. Uh, so we want to thank the shouts out, we, the shout outs we got from uh, Kevin Escalera, Kim Curtis, Amy, um, who else? John I mean, John Anthony. Yep, John yeah. Anthony. You guys might know John Anthony. He's kind of a kind of a big deal in the sports gambling world. So, lots of people that we ran into, uh, and th- I don't want to exclude people because there were there were I'm sure others. I'm sure Murph at some point mentioned it because yeah, he's into <laughs> it. Uh, he's into it. He's one of our fans. Uh, Matt Lechner had like a confession, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That he hasn't listened in months. Since he um, was on it. <laughs> and so I told him that's great. You but got like tons up, of stuff to listen to. It's eating him up inside. Yeah. That's all you can ask <laughs> See, for. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Um, so that part of it, lots of good feedback there. Um, lots of lots of pleas for us um, to make sure we continue the weekly podcast after the summer. So that that'll be a discussion point moving forward. Uh, we'll, we were we'll cross doing that some strategizing. We we're doing some strategizing. The fans have certainly had their say in what they want to happen. We have been brainstorming. <laughs> so this is swerving off yeah, of reunion. Yeah, we just have for been brain, 30 seconds. We have been brainstorming a new, not a new podcast idea, but a mini series idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll we'll give out more kernels of that as it as it develops. Yeah. But I'm gonna have some time this summer to do to work on it, and I think we can yeah. get it done. Fifteen yeah. minute segments, release a mini series. More scripted than not yeah. scripted, and yeah, and, and the thing is too is that uh, hopefully most of you listen in a podcast app of some sort. I hope. Uh, I mean, like, I hope people don't go to DerekAndSteve.com every we time. We literally to tell them to every. No, time. I know. I, well, that's where they get their info, but then you can go subscribe from there and stuff. Like, I, I hope you're not just let leaving the Derek and Steve page open on your screen and playing the embedded player there. I, I hope. My point there was just that um, with like these sound these uh, podcast apps and stuff. Uh, I think that when we venture into something like you just mentioned with little mini series, um, I think that we should have content in beyond just like episode 105. You know, it should be like mini series, whatever the title is, like part one. Yeah. You know, like, like and that's its own 15 minute. Oh yeah, absolutely. Podcast. We will release. Yeah. We will release it in this podcast. Not, and as a separate yeah, podcast. Right. Not embedded into episode 107 has part one of. Correct. You know, so, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that's just all. What I was going to say there is that we we should branch beyond just like episode 102, 103, 104, 105 have more content if we're going to have a little mini series like that. So look forward to that. Anyway, back to BC reunion. Um, you guys got the gears going a little bit with your feedback yes. as fans. So let me, let me jump back in because it was amazing to see everyone. Mm-hmm. It was so much, so much fun, but I do think the events were overrated. Yeah. I think the barbecue was good. The food was terrible. It was yeah. just literally, it was just something. It was honestly, they just asked, alumni stadium to provide food they really did i mean it was like the food was really like the food was not good at all so stupid i mean like the only thing i had on that entire food 
uh, table that was okay was a hot dog, which you can't really mess up. Like, it's yeah. just a hot dog. Like, like, and it was too big. <laughs> it was like those <laughs> It was weird, a jumbo hot dog. It was like those weird industrial size. Yeah. Like Enormous size hot dogs. Yeah. That you, and you don't really want that yeah, because like, you know they shouldn't be that right. big and you, that soft. Exactly. Like, there should yeah. be some texture to a hot dog, and that is almost like... Yeah, uh, like there's a, a right size for a hot dog. There, there's a right size range for a hot dog, and this was outside of that range. It was outside the hot. The, the, <laughs> this was closer to a sandwich than it was to a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, the burgers were awful. Just, te- I didn't just, try. just terrible burgers. Like, I mean, just like all hamburgers, no cheese. They had a plate of just American slices of cheese <laughs> that you could put on your burger that was just like not melted, obviously at all. The burgers weren't that hot. They weren't that that they weren't cooked very well. Just so the burgers weren't good. So. <laughs> the verdict on the barbecue, just okay. Obviously, good to see everyone. Everyone's yeah, hanging barbecue out. Barbecue itself was fun. Yeah. I mean, like, it it's was nice. It's good that they've, they've provided us, like, here's a central location for everyone yeah. to hang out. Fine. Yeah. Um, and a place to buy expensive beers. Fine. Um, and then the mod, then there's like an eight hour break in between the bar, the lunch, barbecues, and then the mod party mm-hmm. in which you're supposed to, like, continue drinking or go, like, play beer pong or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you want to do. Um, and then the mod party was just open mod, no, barely any food, and really aggressively bright, bright lights. Oh, my lights. goodness. The lights were like... It was like being I honestly a think You know what, like when the lights come on at last call in the bar? Yeah. I felt like I was there you, for two hours. You know what hours. I felt like? I felt like the person who picked those lights was a girl who wanted good lighting for an Instagram picture. <laughs> yeah. That's what I felt like those lights were designed for. I actually really felt that's what they were like picked out for it was like they were these huge lights with these huge coverings over them so like they like the covering on the light was to soften it slightly like to make it even lighting like this was not a spotlight if the cover wasn't on it you would have been physically hurt by the light yes you would have so bright you would have but but intensity wise like imagine you were in some very like movie quality production set like like it was on a you were on a set of a movie and this was like that strength of lighting yeah. But like three three sixty degrees. Was there lights in the mod when we that's what every, back that's, in the day? That's what someone else said. Like we, we first observed, like these spotlights are right in our eyes, and someone was like, "How did they light the mods during senior week?" And I was like, "They didn't. They didn't have to. The, yeah. the mods have little lights on the side of them, and it's dark. Whatever. Like people can see each other. It's yeah. like it's nighttime. Any any like most parties are dark. Like it's it's so that was not well done. Um, my gripe with it was like I wish that they had, and obviously this is not realistic, but I wish that they had like kind of just sent out a survey that's like, do you want us to spend a ton of money on these lights and these stupid giant, projectors that have the BC light, logo yeah. on them, uh, or do you want us to make it ten dollars cheaper? Like, obviously everybody would have picked ten dollars cheaper because BC did a little bit too much with some of that stuff. Like, like I think everyone would rather just like not have the ticket cost as much money and just they knew the, the thing is even yeah. put the light on the outside yeah they put it right yeah. in the right dead in the center yeah. where everyone's hanging out and it made it very the- congested to get through there too um the other thing i'll say is that uh the the thing is i felt that from and from a uh what how do i phrase this a system operations perspective the way that bc staff ran the events was perfect i thought like like yeah. there, there was no overstepping they were they knew what this was like I was talking to one of my friends who, like, a security guard had, like, uh, they, they were kind of somewhat blatantly carrying beers into the mod party, which, you know, you're not allowed to do. And a security guard stopped them and told them that they had to chug the beers. But, like, he, he, he didn't tell them to throw them away. He's like, sorry, guys, you got to chug those, right, like, right now. Yeah. And, like, so the attitude of that stuff was all great, I thought. Like, the you know, the dorms, there was absolutely no oversight of any of the dorms. It was just, like, do what you want, basically. Um 
they just, I think, overstepped a little bit in the events themselves. And, like, you just don't have to do all this stuff. Like, everything else about your tone and mindset was on point. Just, like, let people do it. Yeah. And then, like, you were they, they kind of did a little too much setup for some of the events, I thought. It was $50. Yeah. That's, like, too, that's too much. Like, too much. It's, like, for what that was. They had, they had a huge, like, three-layer table of cupcakes. Did you see that? Yeah. Like, sorry, nobody needs that. No like, one wants cupcakes. Like, that. what did that cost? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, so it's like, it's just a few things like that. I know that they're obviously trying to make it so that it's not just like a bare bones thing, but like. That we would have been fine with that. Yeah, we would have been fine with that. Ten so, year, a 10 yeah. year, maybe, yeah. yeah. Give me some cupcakes. Yeah. Five year. Yeah. Just let me roam around in the mods again. Also, sneaky. I don't know if you even saw this at the foods, at the like table of where they had some snacks and stuff. They had churros there. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Cold. Just no. cold churros. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, that was maybe the most egregious thing they did all, like yeah. for the whole setup. They had things of churros there. And like the people I was with when we showed up, we were like, oh, awesome. Like I'd never have churros. Churros are, are great. Like, and then you took one bite and it was uh, just a cold, like a little sub room temperature churro. Yeah. And we just threw them instantly away. So, <laughs> yeah. um, well, that's so, yeah. where I draw the line. Derek. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I mean, obviously back to the positives, you know, yeah. all in all, I mean, that's just the, the tiny thing we can grab about. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, we just went out to the dorms afterwards, had an unbelievable time. Mm-hmm. Everyone was in very high spirits, um, and drinking a lot of spirits. Yep. Um, so it was very, very fun and I am still recovering and still feeling the effects of that weekend. Yeah, I am. Uh, I feel relatively recovered at this point, but um, from the mental and anxious standpoint, it's still uh, there's that little feeling you still have of like that you just had that big weekend, and now you're trying to get back into your rhythm of of kind of 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 your life. So trying to detox, trying to detox from that. So a quick detox. But yeah, phenomenal weekend. Uh, like I said, the main the main obviously highlights are seeing everybody, but I also really like the way that it was run operationally, not um, necessarily with yeah. the setup. And I didn't and notice BC doing which too is much, perfect, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Besides the stupid lights, yeah, and that wasn't like the people. <laughs> that was just a bad mistake. Yeah, exactly. So, anything else on BC update? <sighs> That's it. I mean. Good to see everyone. If you're listening to the podcast, it was so great to see you. I miss you all. Um, feel free to be a guest or ask to be a guest. Yeah, we, you're never yeah. on. Yeah, I know. All of you. People uh, people used to ask us more, I think, and they need to ask us a little bit more again, I feel We like. used to ask people more, too. That's true. It, it, this, yeah, it's a two-way street, for sure. Um, but uh, but do not hesitate to ask us if you want to come back on. So Stop uh, hesitating. <laughs> so that that's it. Enough hesitation. Moving into period number two, which is sports. All righty. So, sports. We've missed a lot in sports. We've missed um, a lot in sports. Since the last uh, podcast. So, we won't, we we won't try any, to... We haven't missed anything huge in sports. We haven't missed anything enormous. No championships. We're close. We, all, we could we could have missed a championship if it was another week or two. Um, but, uh, so, no championships missed. We are in the championship round of both sports. So, we'll start with the NBA. Uh, in You're going to love this topic, huh? I'm going to love this. No, no, not really. I mean, this is the, the Celtics were one game away from getting here. We haven't, we haven't talked since then. So... Um, so this is a mediocre topic for me, but the Warriors and Cavs are back at it for the fourth consecutive year. What I think is going to be the last year of this matchup for a number of reasons. I mean, just the way the landscape is looking and the LeBron James landscape is looking. Um, it could be the last matchup that it's Warriors Cavs. Of course, you never know. They could, and this is, could four, this is the fourth this is straight. Four in a row. Which is incredible. Which is insane. Um, and, and you know what's an interesting point? Uh, before we get into that, I just saw a tweet about it and it's kind of like speaks to the modern day sports culture, I feel like, is that, um, and obviously we weren't alive for this, but I was reading that, you know, remember the Celtics Lakers back in like the 80s? Mm-hmm. 
there was apparently one year during the Celtics Lakers run that the Rockets beat the Lakers and they the Rockets played the Celtics in the finals. And fans like hated it. Fans were like, "What the hell, Rockets? Like, like you, you, you messed up the Celtics Lakers matchup." Huh? And it's, it's, and like that's what some of the Celtics beat writers and like a couple other uh, reporters on Twitter were saying. Like, it's, it's interesting that that was the mindset back then, and now it's the total opposite. It's yeah. like everyone's like, got like, I don't even want to watch this. Like, and it's four years in a yeah. row. So I think um, so. I do think that the marketing is better, which means like. I know the cool players on a crappy team, and I want them to be successful. That's true. That's rather a good point. than just I've only seen, I only watch the championship because that's the only thing I have access to. That's true. That's true. Social media and like marketing and everything is a huge factor because like if you think about, we've talked about a similar topic before when we were kids and like the All Star game, you were like, oh, I want to look at the, I want to see these players. Yeah, like these never are cool players. Yeah. yeah. So it's like uh, seeing those marquee matchups maybe was a lot different back then. But yeah. so that's a good point. Anyway, uh, Warriors are up two zero in the Cavs. Um, we the big story more than game two was the end of game one. Obviously, yeah. um, in in a, in a scenario that it felt like to me anyway that it was one of those where the Cavs kind of needed it. I, I mean, that's like you had your chance there and you needed to capitalize on that because you're not going to get many of those chances against Golden State. So I'm going to take a not. I mean, it's not a hot take or or a, or a hot stance, but mm-hmm. first a differing stance for that play. So. It is tied, what, at 107, 107, or something like uh, that. 90, I think 97. 97, 97. Or some, I don't, yeah. It is like tied. That. Yeah. George Hill, 107, yeah. a very good basketball player, or, or presumably a good basketball player, is at the line taking a free throw. With 4.6 seconds with 4. left. With 4.6 seconds left to give his team the lead by one with 4.6 seconds. Mm-hmm. He misses that free throw. He is the GOAT. Well, GOAT is in, like, the bad version of the GOAT. Mm-hmm. You missed like, a free throw. You missed win, your free throw to win the, the game. Yeah. Who cares who like, – you have to assume you don't get that rebound. Yeah. J.R. Smith is lucky to have got that rebound. It's amazing he got that rebound. Mm-hmm. But he should not have been expected to get that rebound. Mm-hmm. George or, or, uh, George Hill's expected to make that free throw. Yeah. He should be the person getting all this flack. Mm-hmm. Second who, second person who should be getting all that flack is Ty Lu. Yes. If you see J.R. Smith grab the ball – Almost in any scenario, you should be calling a timeout. Let alone when he starts yeah. running the opposite direction. Like if, if, if you have to, like, you know J.R. Smith. You mm-hmm. know his game. He's been in the league for a long time. He's been on your team for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know when he's running away from the basket, he's probably not going to shoot it. <laughs> like, you need to call a timeout at some point mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. four or five seconds, whatever it was. Uh, and Honestly, I, if other players can call a timeout, LeBron should have called a timeout. Yeah, so that that's so he's he's third on the list, but yeah. he is on the list. Um, yeah. So the here's the thing. Um, I think this at, is at, first, at least at, least of all Jr. Smith's at, fault. So at first blush, this is obviously Jr. making a boneheaded play when you first see the play, right? And then even even the whole next day after that, I'm like, this is that was a stupid play by yeah. Jr. I've come much further around to. I'm pretty. I agree with you pretty much at this point. Because I started thinking about the real nuts and bolts of that scenario, okay? The the rebound gets batted to JR and he grabs it. So the the clock starts basically when JR gets the ball. So there's about four seconds left, right? The people who are blaming JR for this play, what do, what do, what do they want him to have done? Is it is it throw up a contested floater in the lane with four seconds left? Let Golden State get the rebound and call a timeout? Is that is that the play that you want him to make? Because then Golden State can win the game. On, on an inbounds play to Steph Curry with two and a half seconds left or something, which is yeah. plenty of time for him to get off a shot. Um, I, I did, like you said, George Hill misses a free throw. You get the rebound. You now have like like 
just just look at the scenario of having the ball with four seconds left in a tie game, right? Call a timeout. You you can draw a play. That's yeah. obvious. So that's on Tyron Lue. It's partially on LeBron James, although he, it shouldn't really be his job to call a timeout. Yeah. But but the one scenario that the, the one factor that I think may put some blame on him for not calling a timeout is that Ty Lue is at the other end of the court. So it it is Oracle Arena. It's loud. Yeah. It is probably hard for Ty Lue to get the refs' yeah. attention on that play. So, this is one of those moments where in football it's very obvious when there's a game management mistake. Yeah. Like there is a game management mistake. You you didn't call a timeout with enough time left. You didn't go you pl- called the wrong play. It's very obvious yeah. when you mismanage a game. Yeah. And we should know because we watch This is BC like not football. running out of bounds. We watch BC yeah. football. Yeah. Like we, so we know a lot of game <laughs> mismanagement. This is the equivalent in basketball where yeah. you need to know every possible scenario before yeah. it happens. Yeah. You need to know if I get this rebound, I'm calling timeout immediately. Mm-hmm. Or my, my players know if they get this rebound, I'm not calling timeout. Yeah. Like they need yeah. to know that in that situation. Right. So the fact that Jared Smith doesn't, I think he knew the score. What do you mean? He thinks he, like, yeah. People are like, oh, he didn't know the score. He forgot the score. No, he forgot, didn't forget the score. Yeah. He just forgot the situation. Maybe yeah. he doesn't know how enough, how much time there was, or yeah. he thought he had more time, or, or he thought someone was going to call timeout. Like, you need, that's a coaching mistake. Yeah, it's it's not being prepared. Your players aren't prepared, and that's that that is a coaching mistake, a hundred percent. Again, you don't want. I shouldn't say hundred percent. It's obviously you. There's some blame on J.R. Smith there, but again, like I, I come back to the idea of like, if he had thrown up a shot, a bad shot, the second he caught the ball, and, and then Golden State had gotten that and called a timeout. It's like, are people blaming? The, I truly want to know if people would be blaming him for shooting too early or not passing it out or, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, they did get a shot off. It got blocked. Yeah. Yeah. It was just he he dribbled it out and passed yeah. it to a guy because he was told to do it. Yeah. And, and now probably the biggest – so I would argue the bigger mistake than him pulling the ball out and dribbling it out was not passing it to LeBron immediately. Yeah. I mean, LeBron was open. And LeBron would have had a deep three, but, like, you take LeBron James taking that shot all day. So I think his bigger mistake was not passing it to LeBron directly than it was the fact that he took it out at all. I think taking it out was not the dumbest play in the world. Like, yeah, they had time you just to tied the game. Yeah. You can't give the ball back to Golden State. I mean, it, like, like that's the ultimate worst-case scenario is George Hill at the line to shoot a free throw to win the game, and somehow Golden State gets another shot off. Like, how, like you can't let Golden State get another shot off yeah. after George Hill's at the line. So that's the thing. I think George Hill is getting glossed over in all of this. Yeah. I think this is 90% his fault. Yeah, missed a free throw. Missed I mean, a free throw. Yeah, and, and, I mean, whatever, people miss free throws, but, like, it doesn't change the fact that it's his fault in yeah. that play. Um, like if Golden State gets that ball and they call timeout, like people are gonna be like George yeah. Hill had a chance to win that yeah. game. Yeah, if exactly. If only he had made that free throw. Yeah. But instead, Jr. Smith did his job, got the rebound, and couldn't get a shot off. Yeah. Or didn't yeah. know what his coach was gonna do or yeah. whatever. And, and and at that point, I do place a little bit of blame on Jr. Only because like he did probably have enough space to like he could have gotten he, a shot. He take a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he could have taken a shot. Like, like it's just that it's just that there isn't a it's it's not so obvious what the play was there that like oh he should have immediately thrown up a shot or he should have you know he should have x y or z there was there's no singular play that he like definitely should have made that he yeah. didn't make so it's, it's low percentage either way yeah yeah um, so so uh, just to follow up on this game too the Warriors were in the lead the entire game Warriors were they back were just, to what they have exactly been. Yeah. Steph Curry couldn't miss from any point Clay couldn't yeah. miss from any point. Um, I did also notice because after game one, I was so upset with George Hill and that he wasn't getting mm-hmm. enough attention. I watched mm-hmm. him this second game. Terrible. Yeah. He is one of the most lackadaisical defenders and yeah. people moving around on offense that I've ever seen. There was a point where LeBron James was 
stuck in the corner. Like they were actually played good defense. He was stuck mm-hmm. in the corner, and George Hill came running around a screen and got grabbed a bit by a by a warrior that wasn't called. And he turned around and went like he like threw his hands in the air and like started walking away. Like yeah. really upset that it wasn't called. And the play was still going on, yeah. and the clock ran out. They like, were on, on they offense. They were on offense, yeah. and and LeBron couldn't get any of the ball and had to chuck up a, a shot that hit the side of the backboard yeah. because George Hill instead of like fighting off this guy and yeah, saying, give me the ball, he got grabbed and then turned towards the guy and like threw his hands in the air yeah. mid-play. You know, so uh, this is a thing that, um, and yeah, that, that's terrible, lackadaisical, not focused basketball at all. Uh, but I do want to mention, though, because I, I see it more. and more. I'm seeing it so many places now in the NBA, and I'm not advocating for like doing this starting in the NBA Finals because it's kind of a drastic measure to do that and you can't really influence games this way, but... I think I think that they need to call more technical fouls when, when guys complain. I mean, like, yeah. this is becoming a thing where, and and I think Van Gundy might have complained about it a little bit during the during the game. I'm I'm talking about it more from like a guys are no longer like considering the fact that they're putting their team at a disadvantage. Like like they're like guys are not running back on defense. Guys are doing what George Hill just did. Like they're complaining about calls during the play. Yes. Like like, like basketball is five on five. When yeah. it be, when it becomes five on four, it becomes very advantageous for the team with five. Yeah. You can't stop playing and start complaining during the play, and like, ba- tons of NBA players are doing this now, and it's like, I I never noticed that this much before. Like I mean, guys complain all the time, but if when it's after the whistle, it's like all right, that's kind of like what happens. Yeah. But it's like changing the the basketball plays on the floor. And so I, I think that the NBA needs to stop doing it because I think it, it makes it, you know, it, it kind of devalues some, a lot of the plays in the game, but it just makes it look sloppy. So I, I think starting next year, I would be in favor of them upping the amount of technical fouls they call for arguing. Like, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to say a bad word. You don't have to, like, make a bad gesture to get a technical foul. Like, if you complain, like, you know, to a certain degree, call a foul, to, call a technical to make sure guys stop doing it. I don't so. mind it. Yeah. Um, anyway, that that was kind of just a rant on that because yeah. George Hill did that, and a lot of other guys have been yeah. doing it. But. So let's let's move on to the actual upcoming game. So <laughs> Warriors are up 2-0, heading back to Cleveland. So yeah. Cleveland does have that in, it, in its back pocket. The yep. the old adage, "You're not in trouble till you lose a game at home." I I subscribe to the opposite. You're not in trouble <laughs> till you lose a game away. Right. But they they technically are on pace to play a game seven according to home court. The, the home court, right? So. Right. They're not in the worst of shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just in a bad shape because they had a chance to take one yeah. in Golden State. Yeah. Um, no one really expected them to take two or even one. So the fact that they were close with one is, is a good sign. Yeah. So I do expect it to be an okay finals, I think. I mean, LeBron's playing very, very well, always will. Yeah. It just depends on if he can get a couple role players to also play well, mm-hmm. especially Kevin Love. Yeah. If Kevin Love plays well, I think they have a chance. They do have a chance. I do think they need more than Kevin Love to play well, though. I, I yeah. mean, like, I well, mean, they need they need Tristan Thompson to yeah. get a lot of offensive boards. Yeah. And Kevin Love to play the way Kevin yeah. Love can play. I mean, they don't really and have other people who they can need perform. their guards to play defense. They're, like they they need George Hill and J.R. Smith to play defense. Uh, like they which they don't. Which is really problematic against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I, I mean, like that you can't pick a a, a, a worse backcourt to be matched up against if you're not going to play defense than that backcourt. It's just um, it's it's scary if you're a Cavs fan because I look at this and I I. I I predict anything with a grain of salt here because the Cavs were in this situation last series. The Cavs looked pretty bad in games one and two against the Celtics, probably worse than they did against the Warriors, I would say. The Celtics, uh, the Cavs lost to the Celtics by like 25 in game one and like 15 in game two. 
which is worse than they lost to the Warriors in yeah. these two games. So it's certainly by that by that measure, you can say that they're by no means dead, and, and I think that's true. I mean, they're not def- they're definitely not dead. I just have a real tough time thinking the Warriors are going to struggle on the road the way the Celtics did. The Warriors are just way more experienced. They've done this is the fourth straight year they've gone to Cleveland yeah. for a game three, and they look like, very very swag. I mean, yeah. like they're a team that knows they're so good. It, it's such a cool um, like feeding effect of basketball players feeding off confidence and then you win and you yeah. get more confidence and you shoot like you make crazier shots like Sean crazy. Livingston hasn't missed a shot in this series yeah. like Is it's because he, he's on the Warriors like yeah. it's just because he's on that team like it like it's it's just they feed off each other yeah. insanely like, and so like you it's a very streaky game and the Warriors are at playing at the top of their game yeah yeah it's crazy it, this may be the best team I've ever watched it is, I mean, yeah, I think it is. And, and they like, play so well together. They, they don't. Do. Ju- they don't just have stars. They actually are a good team, which kudos to Steve Kerr. He can make a super team look like a an actual team. Yeah, it's it's true. And, like, uh, it, it's, it is very – I think we talked about this before before the finals, but it's so stark, the difference in the way these two teams play. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just crazy watching it because it's like – I mean, obviously in a lot of ways LeBron's a little bit out on an island here and, like – the, you know, offensively, it's like nothing is happening unless LeBron's driving. And defensively, it's like, you know, LeBron plays a very um, rover style of defense. Mm-hmm. LeBron's not a, like, glue to his man. You know, we've seen LeBron come from the weak side and get blocks, and we've seen him chase down block. And, like, he's very much a ro- a, a ro- I guess roving is the word I'm trying to describe. But he's a roamer. He roves a lot on defense. Free safety. Free safety. Uh, it doesn't work against the Warriors. You just can't. I mean, the yeah. Warriors can kill you in so many ways. It's like and things here. And, it's crazy to me how they still get off wide open shots. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're good passers. They're not great passers. No, I, I know. And, and one thing that I think particularly more so with Steph and Clay than anybody else on the team, um, it really makes you sort of in awe to use that phrase again, yeah. of how quick those guys release the ball. It, it's, it is ridiculous. It is how fa- like, some. Like, I mean, because you mentioned wide open shots. It's like, I really think it's just easy to overlook how quickly Steph Curry shoots the ball. It's like, it's, it's incredible how yeah. fast he I mean, shoots. Everyone it. on the court knows he's shooting. Yeah. It, he he needs like stop. a, he needs like a third of a second to get a shot off. It's like, it, it's insane. And so, um, all of that is on display and it's, it's making it a fun series to watch. Obviously LeBron is somehow at his peak. Right now, I mean, like he—he's arguably at. His, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I think he was probably a little bit better uh, the year that he took them six games by himself. Yeah, I think he was—he was probably a little better that year. But I mean, than, he's playing at. The but top, he's playing. Yeah. He's still. In, he's in the absolute still prime of his career, and you know, at 33, he's still being able to do this. But it's just this might. This is one of the best teams ever assembled, if if not the best team ever assembled in the Warriors, and so and they're missing Andre Iguodala, who's a, who's a pretty key player on their team mm-hmm. as well. So, so, what are your predictions for the next couple games? Um, we'll move it on. I don't think the Cavs are going to win two games in Cleveland. I'll say that. Um, I think that this. I, I, I'm. I would probably pick the Warriors in five. Um, I think that the Cavs will win a game at home. Probably game. I don't know. Warriors in five is your pick. I, Warriors in five is my pick. I. I think the Cavs might win game three, and then I think the, the Warriors will win the next two. Um. I think if the Warriors win Game Three, it's gonna. You could see quitting time from Cleveland. I think. Oh yeah. Down I mean, 3-0. the thing is, I like, mean, they don't have the, they don't have the players that are able to yeah. rebound from three zero. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't at it's all. It's just a bunch of like, I don't. It's like 
sloppy veterans, but a bunch of guys who are just kind of hoping to be role players on LeBron's yeah, team. Yeah, and I mean, like, and if they're not going to win based like with LeBron pulling them, they might just be like, ah, there was no way a, I'm taking this team to the finals. There was a, uh, a a a saying that was used quite a bit during all three of the Celtics rounds, really. I would say because of the way the Celtics roster was constructed, and I, I believe in the phrase a lot actually, and it, it's that it, what it comes down to is that role players just play better at, at home than they do on the road. Mm-hmm. The, and the and the Cavs have a whole lot of role players, and the Warriors don't have a lot of role players. The Warriors have a lot of stars, yeah. and the Cavs have a lot of role players. And so we've seen the Cavs' role players, how they're playing on the road, and it's not very good. Um, they play well at home. Kyle Korver plays great at home. Yeah. J.R. Smith play, plays really well at home. Um, you know, Those guys could step up and, and win them a game, I think, but I just think in comparison to the Celtics, the Warriors are so much better, and the Cavs didn't put the Celtics away easily at home. So I, I would say that uh, I think the Warriors will win a game in Cleveland and then close it in Golden State. Okay, in five. I'll take. What's your prediction? I'll take Warriors in six. Warriors in six. I think the Cavs get two. You think they get the next two, or you think they they steal? I think they steal one. Yeah, I steal mean they one. were close enough. Yeah. So yeah, they did. Yeah, they they played decently well. It's just the Warriors, particularly in game two, the Cavs actually didn't play that bad in game two. Yeah. Just the Warriors were on fire. Um. So let's quickly move on because we've been talking about basketball for a yep. long time. Um. Currently on the television right now is game four of the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Washington Capitals uh, NHL Championship Stanley Cup game. Yep. Um, Washington leads 2-1 to one in the series. They are currently up 3-0 to zero in this game. Yeah. They are dominating from left to right. They, they look like they have it in the bag if momentum stays the way it does. Uh, so that would put the Caps up 3-1 in a series against the Vegas Golden Knights, which has been kind of... I don't want to say uneventful, but I would be very surprised if any of these teams go 3-1 because they're both played so unbelievably the past couple seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is uh, – I, I think that game, uh, as far as eventful, game one was awesome in this series, and I, and I, I didn't really see game two or three, um, but it didn't seem like they were super eventful. Um, game one was, like I said, I thought it was going to be a phenomenal like seven-game series after I watched game one. Um I think that the cap, you know, the Capitals are obviously surprising people. I, I think Vegas was the favorite to win the series because they were the story, first of all, um, but also because they had gotten here in like a ridiculously low number of games. I like they only, I think they went to like four, five, and six in their three series. They didn't have any game sevens. They were they were not tested with much of a long series at all. The Lightning was a game seven. The no, the uh, Vegas. I mean, oh the, yeah, the yeah, Vegas, yeah, Vegas didn't have any game sevens, and they uh, really didn't have more than one game six. I don't think so. Uh, Vegas breezed through the first three rounds. They were favored for that reason, but Washington's showing that they're a lot better than a lot of people thought. I think, and uh, this they, is one of those teams that people refuse to believe that they're finally going to win. Yeah. But it, you know, going up three one would be a pretty pretty big stranglehold on this series. I think they deserve it. I, honestly, like if the Capitals win, if either team wins, I'll be I'll be happy. But yeah, I just don't want to go through another season of like, oh, the Caps do it. Will they not? Do yeah, it? I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. It's so annoying. Um, for, for, from your standpoint, I, so there's, people a lot of times vary on their stance as far as when they lose to a team, how they want that team to fare. Yeah. Uh, I do not subscribe to the I want the team that beat me to win the championship because that makes me like the second best team, <laughs> you know, or, or like that, that validates my loss yeah. in some way. I don't subscribe to that. Now, I'm not telling you you shouldn't root for the Capitals. I'm just saying I don't. I don't root for teams based on that reason, you know. Um, that said, I tried to describe this to our friend Doug, who's a Caps fan at Reunion. Um, this is the the strange way I feel about this series is that I like Vegas more than Washington, but I want Washington to win hmm. um, because 
I just think that, you know, as a sports fan, as a, as a fan of teams that have both won and lost and from, for Boston, a lot more recently won it's being a fan that hasn't won in a long time is like, I, I feel for those fans. Like, Thank like, you, Derek. And, I and appreciate that. Like, like the Caps fans have been wanting this for a long time and Vegas Knights fans have been alive for one year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I just, from a fan standpoint, it would just be kind of cruel to, for Washington to lose this series to a team that's existed for less than one calendar year. Yeah. That will have won 100% of their season. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for that reason, I'm rooting for Washington. I like the Vegas Knights a lot. I really like this team. I like the fact that they're all these guys that have chips on their shoulders from being taken mm-hmm. from their teams, not protecting them, letting them walk. I, I love that mentality. I love the team. I love their uniforms. I, I like a lot about Vegas. But this year, I, I do want Washington to win. Also, Alex Ovechkin is an NHL star. And like you, you kind of don't like to see those transcendent stars like that go an entire career without winning. Yeah, you know, especially if they kind of just do the right thing. They he, do. He doesn't, I like, mean, get in trouble. He doesn't, like, yeah. he doesn't talk back to people. No, he's he not can like be a, a little obnoxious sometimes on the ice. Like, he, like yeah. you know, but he's not, like, a, he's not a guy that you have a real reason to say, like, I really hope he never wins. You know, it's not, like, he's, I think he deserves to win win a Stanley Cup. So, I, for all so those then, reasons, I want. Then Tom Wilson will get one. That's true. He's I mean, a scumbag. Brooks Orpik, too. And yeah. you, you can never have 100% um, – of the guys on an NHL team not be scumbags, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, but there's, there's like a scumbag line on the, all teams. Yeah, and they're big rosters, and so I think it just ends up happening. But uh, despite that, I do think I want Washington to win the series. And I kind of think they do. I think they will at this point. If they take this 3-1 to lead, I think they're going to win the series. Yeah. The whole storyline will be Washington's going to blow away a 3-1 lead against That'd a be team great. that has never I would existed. actually really enjoy if they did. <laughs> It, w- it would feed into the story for sure. But then we would have what you said you don't want next year, which is that same storyline over and over and over again with yeah. Washington. So Maybe they're just bad. How about <laughs> that? Um, um, so anything else on hockey? That's it on hockey. Just a, just a couple quick notes. Um, French Open still going on early rounds, but Maria Sharapova and Serena Williams were, were set to play today, which is Monday, yesterday if you're listening on Tuesday. Um, it was going to be an, uh, an epic match. People are hyping it up. However... Uh, Serena Williams has won the last. How many? How many do you think in a row Serena has beaten Maria Sharapova? You told me this, I think, over the weekend. Um, it's like probably close. I think it was like close to twenty. Eighteen. Eighteen. So this like quote unquote rivalry, and how many times has Maria Sharapova beaten Serena Williams? Zero. Twice. 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 And that, but that was eighteen games ago. Yeah. Okay. Eighteen matches ago. Right. So the right. this so called rivalry is just because they're both tops in their sport, but Serena Williams is by far and yeah. away the better player. Yeah. Um, I do love Maria Sharapova, so I'm glad she's moving on. But um, that's thwarted by a Serena Williams injury. Uh, it's a it's a recurring bicep injury that she's had for a long time, um, pectoral muscle, bicep area. Mm-hmm. Um, and totally understandable because she just had a baby. So yeah. <laughs> she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. No no gruff there. Um, sad that we don't get that match, but um, Maria Sharapova is moving on. All the major players are still in it. Um, but just to note that the French Open's going on, it will probably go on for another two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, last topic. Uh, we won't spend too much time on it, but there. So, did you read this Ringer story that came out? By the way, about, I did about Brian Colangelo. It's great. And his burner accounts. Now, this story came out of nowhere, and I was like, I was kind of pumped to see this story just because it was like, wow, this is like a very unexpected treat. Like someone at the Ringer did this like legit investigative report yeah. on these burner Twitter accounts for Brian Colangelo. Um, the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, so uh, we don't want to explain the whole story, but essentially there's like five burner accounts that have been tweeting over over several years, like stuff at 
uh, kind of like basically disparaging to some of the players, some of the, you know, Sixers uh, happenings and all sort of in justification of Brian Colangelo and like a lot of anti-Sam Hankey stuff, like just all this stuff that would like, you know, in your wildest dreams would be the Sixers GM himself, like, yeah. uh, you know, tweeting these things to try to raise his image or whatever, like kind of vent on Twitter about his everything that's going on. And then this investigative report, we're not going to try to summarize it. Just go read it on the ringer. It like pieces together all five of these accounts in some pretty legitimate ways yeah. that like is that is convincing. So I'll give you two of the ways that and it's very impressive. Yeah. So first one is this guy had been following these burner accounts for a long time, noticing that they're always tweeting out support for Brian Colangelo, Colangelo and negative towards the players. It's just kind of odd. So he started following these five accounts. He thought it was interesting. So he's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, A, tell the organization. I'm going to say you have, there's two accounts, I think, that maybe Brian Colangelo. Do you want to comment on this? We think that this could be him mm-hmm. and whatever. And didn't tell them about the other three. And they said, we'll look into this. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. With And he's like, if anything happens to the other three, they're then all connected. Then we know something's up, yeah. They all went down the next day. Yeah, except for one. I except think for right. one. Yeah, before the five, including all three, I think, of the – of the or whatever it was. Like four of the five went down. So clearly they shut down two of them that he didn't even ask them about. Yeah. So secondly, apparently you can ask Twitter for like a <laughs> – like change your password yeah. and where will it send it. Right. And so he try he and it'll give you an option. It'll give you like email, text message, or whatever. And it'll say, "How about this phone number?" And it'll bleep out all of them except the last two numbers. Yeah. And he did it for all of them. They all had the same last two numbers. Yeah. So like this guy. No, and did you see the other part of it? The last. No. It, it is the same last two numbers as Colangelo's wife's phone. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, see, like, I didn't so know the, that. They pieced it together on like a Facebook post that like they got like a Facebook post that she was a, from something that she was affiliated with or what like they. He, they, it's the last two digits of his wife's phone. That's yeah. like the, also true. So it's like it is very funny. So yeah. the the obvious thing here is they they say it's his wife. Yeah, that's the official stance. Is they think well, it's well prob- not the f- official Sixers stance. Sixers, like the Sixers yeah. haven't said anything. I don't think. Just right? like the but the, yeah the, 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 the yeah the community stance. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, it's just such an odd situation. It's so weird and like. And the the thing is, is that that you know that won't be a viable excuse either. <laughs> like if it's his wife, that's not going to clear anything up. It's not going to make anyone believe Colangelo doesn't know about it because because some of the things that were that were on there in particular was that insi- like so you probably remember from the article there was this insistence that they didn't trade Jaleel Okafor because he failed physicals on the teams he got traded to. They yeah. were like a deal was in place, but he failed a physical. And one of these accounts just kept tweeting at these like Sixers people being like. Being like, you guys need to ask Jaleel about his physical. Like, he failed his physical. You should ask him about it. Like, this absurd stances. Like, like these absurd claims. And so, there's, like, you know, you got, you got to ask yourself, if this is Colangelo's wife, like, what, she she knows that Jaleel <laughs> yeah. failed his physical and is going off on Twitter about it? Like, there's something up there. Like, Colangelo either told her that or, you know, whatever the case is. So, it's it's very, very interesting. Um and just kind of a funny story. It's not funny in the sense that he could get fired. I mean, that's a legitimate possibility so at this point. The bad, the terrible, terrible thing is like, this could be someone who's just, like, yeah, unlucky. Yeah, like this could be anybody. And then like, yeah, the 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 organization, the Sixers organization, could have just been like, let's do our own investigation and see all these different burner accounts that look like it may be him. Mm-hmm. Block them. So mm-hmm. it could have just been one random person mm-hmm. who's defending him, or, yeah. or with all these accounts, or five random people. Mm-hmm. But because the this one reporter 
connected it to him. Like, it could just be an, a coincidence. Yeah. It seems a little too coincidental yeah, to be it, true. Yeah, the thing but, is, like, because my understanding, I think those accounts didn't get shut down. They got turned private. So it was, like, the it was the owners of the accounts, like, pretty much had to yeah. have done it. So, it all so it's signs, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, they'll get to the bottom of it, yeah. and if it's true, he'll be fired. Yeah. Which is totally yeah. fine. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But basically, it's just, like, the only the only real downside ramification is that is the possibility that now with the way that the media and social media landscape is that it's conceivable they could fire him without knowing it was him. Yeah. It's conceivable they could be like this is too this is too much like it's, we can't have this distraction and It's fire a big him. mob justice yeah. system right now which yeah. is bad. Right. But this is hilarious. Like, <laughs> this is one of the better it forms is. It of, is. of mob justice so if yeah. if it's him Awesome. And the if burner not, account thing is just hilarious. Like it's a year after we saw the KD burner account. It's yeah. like, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a funny concept. Um, so, so yeah, interesting, interesting story. And then on, uh, on, on Toucher and Rich, they asked, uh, Danny Ainge in his weekly interview, they, they asked, they said that, you know, they kind of brought it up to him and said, you know, people are going to start asking questions now, Danny, about Janos. Cause you know, Explain who Danny, Ainge Danny Ainge is the Celtics GM. And, uh, we've talked about Janos on our podcast, who is this, Celtics uh, fan on Twitter, uh, hilarious. Who has twenty six thousand followers now? No way. Yeah, twenty six thousand followers. Did I show you about Janos? No, I showed you, but Darn it was it. it was like two thousand followers. Yeah, like, like we were, even less, maybe. We yeah. were way ahead of the curve. Yeah. If you don't follow this person and you're a Celtics <laughs> fan, you should follow. Yeah. Oh, if you're a Celtics fan, you have to for it's, sure. It's NBA Janos. Uh, is Janos NBA? Is Janos NBA? Yeah. Um, but so and so he we've mentioned before he tweets a lot about he drinks whiskey during the games he he makes soup and then if they lose he throws his soup away he doesn't eat it yeah. and like, like there's all this stuff about about janos and uh so when danny Ainge was asked and by the way danny Ainge has interacted with janos too by the way he's tweeted yeah. back at him like like you know yeah. uh danny Ainge is very uh he engages people on twitter from time to time and so when danny Ainge was asked on the radio about being janos he said i didn't even know what a twitter burner account was until a couple of days a couple of days ago but i like that actually that's a huge compliment yeah. uh, that's my secret whiskey drinking account i can pretend to be a whiskey drinker and eat a lot of soup and to have an unemployed son, he's who I've always wanted to be. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the things about Janos. But uh, so Danny Ainge does love Janos because those are. Oh, a lot he does. He. Oh no. Yeah. He. Yeah. Those are all exactly. Those are things that like you'd have to follow Janos and like be into it if, to know those things about him. So. Um, um, and breaking news: the Capitals just went up four to zero. So. Breaking news: so if you haven't checked the score, they did score four goals at, <laughs> yeah, l- at, at least. least. <laughs> breaking news tomorrow. Um, so, so that's it on sports. Funny. Uh, go read the Colangelo story on the Ringer. Uh, seriously, if you want it, because it's actually a pretty good investigative story. That's not not too not about some meaningful substance, but it's like pretty good investigation. So, um, so anything else on sports? Nope. All righty, that brings us into period number three, which is pop culture. All righty. So, uh, pop culture. Um, we have a couple topics here to go through. Shouldn't take too long. Uh, first one, iPhone portrait mode. Portrait mode, baby. Is, uh, We're all in on the portrait mode. We are. We're in. It is amazing. If you need a photo and you need it to look good, <laughs> you come to me or anyone else who has an iPhone 8 Plus or 10. But portrait mode is really, really good. It, it lives up to the hype. It does. It got a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of weird subway ads for it back in the day. There's a lot of weird commercials for it, but it is actually a spectacular camera. It is. It really is. Um, we took some crazy photos. We did. Um, and and it's the 
when I saw the commercials for it, I didn't think it was specific to the plus phones. Um, so when I originally like went to the store, I got an eight. I didn't get an eight plus. Oh, you stupid idiot! And I real I did not realize there was a difference. But but that what it does though, what, the fact that there is a difference, um, validates the kind of legitimacy of portrait mode. I will say because it is a legitimate like the lens and the 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 camera itself is bigger and better. Um, it's not just like a software trick. Like it's like you know Instagram, Snapchat filters. You can have like the it might blur the background or something for yeah, you. Yeah. Like, no, like no, this is a this is the camera really doing that the way that cameras do that. Um, so it is pretty remarkable camera for a smartphone. It's like it's it's actually incredible. Like ten years ago, what you could take on a smartphone and like the fact that you can do portrait mode yeah. is, is took, really unbelievable. We took some photos that almost were so good it was laughable. <laughs> we like took a photo of our buddy with a with a ping pong ball laying on the couch. Yeah, sitting like, like he was at a Sears photo shoot. This could be your LinkedIn photo. <laughs> And I took it during reunion after yeah. five beers, and it looks like the best photo anyone's ever taken. Yeah. Um, so that's that's iPhone portrait mode. I don't know if we had more to talk about besides that. It's no, just uh, plus. It's just a it's, plus it's great. It's great. If you're deciding between oh get yeah. If you're if you're like that's your deciding factor between the eight plus or the ten or the or the eight. Yeah. The I mean you can look at you can look at me because I didn't get the plus because of the phone size, but like I should have got the ten. Portrait mode is worth sacrificing that if, yes. if you want the smaller phone just just deal with it i mean the portrait mode's worth it and here's the here's the kicker i don't have an instagram and so i don't use like photos oh, that much yeah. like it's not like i need to be showing people good photos yeah. it's still so worth it. yeah <laughs> like i still enjoy having portrait mode so yeah. much yeah cool. so that's it for portrait mode uh, po- uh speaking of other things that everyone <laughs> in the world loves dunkin donuts ice cream flavors are back ice cream flavors which are is huge back baby. which is huge the only negative to the ice cream flavors, and it's not a big negative, is that they're the same as last year. Yeah, they could the have exact swapped out one, maybe, you know, done something. It's cookie dough, butter pecan, and pistachio. I got a question. Okay. What happened to Dunkin' Donuts' partnership with Oreos? That's a great question. Like, there was supposed to be a two-way street, I thought. And oh, we did think about it's that. It's a zero-way street right now. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen any Oreos that are Dunkin' Donuts flavored. We've like, definitely had a Dunkin' Donuts Oreo. No, no, I know, but I haven't seen more. I haven't seen yeah. any, where did that go? And there it's was like Oreo one, flavor. One like thing. there were like four years ago, they had Oreo flavored coffee. Remember that? The, they had oh, an Oreo. Oh, do I ever remember it? And then, so we thought that that was going to be a two way street when the summer came around. We were like, all right, they are going to give Oreos some Dunkin' Donuts flavored Oreos, and Oreos is going to do the coffee again. I, you know, Derek, I can't comment on Dunkin' Donuts leadership or Oreos <laughs> leadership. All I know is that if we were doing this, we would have made the right decision. Correct. And released all the flavors immediately. Correct. Um, but regardless, at least the ice cream flavors are back. The ice cream flavors so are back. that's the good thing. Cookie dough is back. Everyone should drink cookie dough yeah. every day. It's the most delicious flavor ever known to man. I agree After with that. 100%. the discontinued and probably will never come back, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, Jamocha. Jamocha Almond Fudge, like, baby. I still think I like cookie dough more than that, but you love the Jamocha Almond Jamocha Fudge. Jamocha Almond Fudge is... I used to not drink coffee. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to not drink coffee, and then one day when we were hungover, we started going to Dunkin' Donuts. I was like, you know, maybe a coffee will make me feel better. Jamocha Almond Fudge. Did the trick. Did the trick, and did it again the next day, and the next day, and, and the next, next day. <laughs> and now they, I drink coffee every day. And they discontinued Jamocha. They got you. They, they got you. Uh, dude, <laughs> Jamocha Almond Fudge was my gateway drug. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one quick side note before we move on from coffee, because I just discovered this and maybe I'm an idiot and you already knew this, but did you know how easy it is to make your own cold brew coffee? I didn't. So you take, you know, coffee grounds, like, like, I know, you know of so, coffee so, grounds, so there's, sure. there's coffee beans, but then you have coffee grounds, which you like put in and make coffee in a filter. Yeah. 
you just stir cold water and coffee grounds in, in a container that's sealed and put it in the fridge overnight. And then you run it through a strainer and you have cold brew coffee. That's you how cold brew coffee cold. is made. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. You don't brew it at all. And, and it makes for like better, less bitter taste. Like that's why Just like cold brew became cold a thing. Yeah. Huh. Because like when you, I guess like when you heat like coffee beans, the way that you brew normal coffee, it like releases a lot of acidic, like, um, like nutrients or whatever in it that gives it a little bit of bitterness. Mm. So it, it's incredible. Like I made cold brew coffee the other day in a French press overnight. You literally have never done that for me in this apartment. I, I, it was literally one day And you'll ago. never do it It was now. one day There's ago. There's no way. So I, I know, but I'll, I will... Have uh, us over for a cold brew I'll have you over for, some, for a cold brew party. So oh, I just had yeah. to throw that in there because I had no idea how easy it was. Go look it up. It's super easy if you have something like that. You don't even need a French press. You can just... If you have a, a strainer and like a container, uh, it works. So there you go. That's a little tidbit. Okay. Um, last pop culture topic is a little bit old from the wedding we were at a few weeks ago, but... Still something we discovered. Bud Light Orange. Bud Light Orange, Is new on the market. So Bud Light Lime came out like a gazillion years ago and never really got that popular. Decent little summer drink, but people don't really like it, I guess. I mean, it's okay. I won't speak bad about Bud Light Lime. But Bud Light Orange comes out. It looks the same thing as Bud Light Lime, but it's instead of green, it's orange. Fair. And it's way better. Way better. Than Bud Light Lime and Bud Light and every other beer that we've had. (laughs) It is, what is it, Sunny Delight beer? It's like, it's it's orange soda and Bud Light. Orange soda beer. It really feels like, it tastes like it's half orange soda, half Bud Light. And it's really good. It is very good. It's certainly not a three, two is the max. Absolutely max. Probably one. Yeah. But. I I think you could do two. It's still light. It's still light. It's just like the flavor is like. It's a beer. This doesn't sound like a like an alcoholic, but it's a beer you could drink in the mornings. No, like I you mean, could, you, could, you could. You could. You could drink that all day. It's true. Like it's you true. could go to the beach. Like if I was going to the beach and it, wanted to bring yeah. a couple beers and I needed to start drinking 11, Bud Light Orange would be my pick right yeah, now. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And like, so it's definitely an outdoor summer beer um, for sure. And you're right about any time of day. It, it, it's just got a great taste. And, and I mean, we haven't tried drinking a ton of them. So maybe it would work, but it, I do agree. It's like it's a little bit sweet to drink like too many of them, but very good. So yeah. go if, buy some Bud Light Orange. If you haven't tried it, buy at it. least try it. At, at least go least buy a, a few of them and try it, and then you can make your decision and for your own. Bud Light, so. you're listening. We want free stuff. Yes, please. Uh, we can do promo code Derek and Steve at Bud Light, and uh, people can get uh, use code Derek and Steve at checkout. They can get fifteen cents off a of thirty if they <laughs> or something. So let, let's let's negotiate. All right. Okay. Um, final drive. You want to go first? Final or you want to go second? First. I couldn't have guessed that. Really? Yeah, you disguised it pretty well. Good. I was thinking you were going to say second, actually. All right, go. Okay. So I recently got back from Greece. I did an eight-day trip in Greece, which is a very long time. It was gorgeous. Literally eight straight days of sunshine. I don't know if that's normal or not, but it was beautiful. 75 degrees, not a cloud for eight straight days. We did Mykonos and Athens. Mykonos, I highly, highly, highly recommend if you can get there. It's this beautiful little island. It's exactly what you'd imagine in Greece bleach white buildings every single building is that classic white square building that you that you think of every single one like from the from the nicest beautifulest hotels to like the strip clubs they're all that like white bleach white <laughs> square which is really funny um it's a club town so like you you can go downtown and there's bars with music and there's be- everything's a beach bar and people are walking around everyone's on vacation it's just a very very fun town spend as much time as you can there it's expensive because it's an island. It's it's in Europe. You're using euro instead of American dollars, but still very fun. Highly recommend Mykonos. Four days is enough. Athens, also awesome, but you can do it in two days. Um, okay. The coolest thing we did in Athens, if you ever do go, is we went to the Greek Freak's home court. 
Oh, wow. Did you see that photo? I think I missed that one. They've painted his likeness dunking a basketball on it. They, like, dedicated it to him, and it's this awesome court. Um, So that's in some, like, slum suburb. And that's because we had four days and had... We had to kill some time. Yeah, yeah. Um, But Athens is huge. It's the biggest city I've ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really dirty. It's old. There's graffiti everywhere. Mm. Uh, It's kind of weird because the Parthenon is this beautiful old uh, Greek structure in the middle of this bustling, dirty, smog city. Um, You can get a hotel there for 10 bucks a night if you wanted. Wow. It's just the cheapest place in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you are doing Greece, do Athens for two days tops. You can explore the whole city, all, at least all the historic stuff, in one day. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to go do like a, a day trip out to an island or something, you can go from there too. But um, highly recommend Mykonos. Um, and then maybe if you're thinking about doing Athens, you can you can probably get it done. Yeah. In a couple cool. couple days. Cool. So Mykonos is uh, certified. Certified fresh. Certified, certified guac. Fresh. Cool. Certified guac. Um, all right, my final drive will be relatively quick, but it's a little bit of an update. So we we, ha- we aren't caught up on Westworld, so we haven't really been doing much discussion about HBO, Sunday Night Show, or really any other shows that we're watching consistently. So I recently gave a second chance to a show that I did not like um, a few years ago when we first saw it, which was Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't think it was very good. Thought it was like kind of forcing, forced humor. Yeah. It was like super, oh, great hilarious they're nerds that always mess up you know i remember feeling the same way and and it was so predictable it's like they mess up everything it's like blah 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 um so i a couple of my coworkers had been watching it and they were like they were talking about it at lunch one day and they were in tears laughing at it and i was like okay i didn't think this show was that funny but like i guess i'd stopped watching it so i only watched like two episodes of it so i decided to give it a go and i am happy to report it it is i actually like it Okay. I like it. I will not say it's like the funniest show on TV. I, I won't be crying laughing at it, but it's uh, it definitely got better than what those first few try hard episodes were, which was like, look, we're a tech company. Like we're going to use all these buzzwords and like make the, yeah. make the same mistake every episode. You know, um, I will say I still think you would probably not like it because it, that does still happen where they may, like there are times when I'm watching it and I'm like, I know exactly what mistake he's going to make. You know, but um, I'm not a cringeworthy humor guy. Yeah, and so so there is still definitely cringeworthy humor in this show, but um, but I do like it. The characters are good. You know what might be a contributing factor is that um, the uh, I forget his name, Camille, the guy, the guy who, the big sick guy. Yeah, uh, he's one of the actors, and like I kind of like him a lot more after I saw the big sick. Yes, maybe that's good. contributing to me liking the show more because he's one of the main characters. Um, but either way, I don't have much else to say other than that I gave it a second shot. Maybe without it being directly after Game of Thrones helped. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I do think it's a pretty good show. So I would say if, if anyone's looking for to give another go at a show or start a new show that's very low intensity, low maintenance, um, Silicon Valley, I think, is actually pretty good. So There you go. So that's that. That's, that's it my for drive. episode 104. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks again to all of our fans at BC Reunion who gave us um, uplifting feedback and uh, let us know how you felt about the show. And uh, that's that. We'll see you guys next week for episode 105. Later days.